I'm good. How are you, buddy? Fine, thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Rachel, for uh, sorting, by the way. Yeah, no problem. Go for it. <laughs> buddy, how are you, my man? I can't complain. No one's going to listen to me. <laughs> I, was Ra- I was hoping Rachel would, but she told me she didn't want to hear it. <laughs> how is, uh, how's boxing life at the moment? How's what? How's boxing life at the moment? Is it all good? Boxing life's great, man. You know, it's always great. I love boxing. It's my life. How's the gym looking? Because uh, obviously you've got the big one coming up. We'll come on to that. But uh, yeah. just the gym in general. The gym in general is coming on really good, I must say. You know, uh, thank God. You know, um, the lights are still on, so I'm going to be doing okay. <laughs> How many are you training there now? What's the uh, What's the number up to? You know what? I really don't know because I have a friend of mine named Ivan that's been helping me, so I really don't know what's going on the truth. Nah, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, last time we spoke with you, you were on your way to a Hall of Fame induction. So how was that? Yes, that was that was an experience that you never ever forget in your life. It's just like winning your first championship. Yeah. So remind us then, like what? Because you've had two careers, essentially. One as the boxer, one as the trainer, Buddy McGirt. Um, so the, the Hall of Fame induction was for which part of that, or both? As a fighter. Cool. So where you were recognized, like how special was it for you to relive those days, which must seem a while back to you? Oh, let me tell you, you know, the, the funny thing about the Hall of Fame is they have this... Um, at the school, it's like a card show. Like, you go there, you can buy souvenirs and all that. And they had pictures of me that I didn't even have of myself. <laughs> and so was it like a, a walk down memory lane, looking back at everything that you've done? Yes, exactly. When I was 19, 18, 19 years old, I had an iPhone, so. Awesome. So where you've gone from that, you didn't have to get back and uh, get working with Sergey. So, when, oh, right, I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, obviously, there was a lot of British interest over here in the um, in the Anthony Yard fight. Yeah. So, talk us through that because he was an unknown quantity over here. Um, how surprised were you by his performance that night? And did it surprise you how Sergey kind of coped with him? You know, it's funny. I, you know, I, I, I've never heard of Anthony Young until, he, you know, they said we had to fight this kid. But he was all over YouTube. Yeah. And uh, I just saw like clips because I don't sit back. I don't study fighters. You know, I just don't believe in that. And, uh, at the press conference, he said, "This is a once in the egos. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity." 
So I knew then that, you know, we had to be on point. And so when it comes to, I mean, you've got those first few rounds where Sergey kind of has him on the back foot, is able to manipulate him around the ring. Um, were you at any point concerned that Sergey would be tiring during those early rounds? I was concerned about him losing focus because it was that it was so easy. You know, tennis is sometimes kind of lose focus, and if you lose focus and someone capitalizes on it, now you got to worry about getting your focus back and at the same time keeping the guy off the butt. And that's what happened. He lost focus. Yard caught him with a shot, took advantage of it. He think he didn't finish it, but he took advantage of it. <laughs> but, you know, then his experience, his experience showed the next round. Yes, if we relive that, that, that round eight, I mean, was your heart in your mouth at that point? Because he was, uh, yeah, Yard was having... What went through my mind was the data shift, the data shift at this past story, like yeah. two, three weeks before. So, but I, I was watching Sergey's legs, and his legs were still steady. And I watched him when he walked back to the corner, and he was steady. He was coherent, but his legs were steady. And I said to him, you know, I had a towel in my hand. I said to him, listen, you know, if you don't show me something, I'm going to stop it. And his response was, don't stop it. I got him now. He's tired. And he was right. Were you? He got shot his load. <laughs> Were you serious about you were going to stop it? No, I just wanted to see, you know, I wanted like that fire on his butt. So you weren't actually uh, considering throwing that towel? No, no. But actually, you know, sometimes you got to... And I mean, it had the response that you wanted because round nine he came back out. Yeah, and he said he was going to be fine, like I said, because... I, I, I looked at his legs and his reaction, and he was getting hit, but in the front of him, he was trying to grab. He was trying to clench, but he couldn't clench, and he was getting hit while trying to clench. So when he came back to the corner, he was coherent. He goes, buddy, I'm fine. I mean, so long as he knew who I was, and he's telling me he's okay, and then he says, I got him now, he's fine. I said, all right, then maybe we, we got something. And did you... Did you sense that Anthony was tired after that round eight? Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh, I watched watch Yon as he went back to his corner, and I watched Sergey as he went back to the corner. And when, it, when that ninth round started, were you surprised that Yard didn't come out and try and go for the finish? He couldn't. You got a gas, and there's no gas station. There's no gas station in the box. Like I say, that's where that's where it's an experience. If if that's my guy, I say, yo, go out this round and let it all. You already let it all hang out round eight. It's round nine. You download all cards. Let it all hang out more. Whatever you got left, leave it there right then and there. That's what I would have told him. I think that was the advice that he got from Tunde Ajay in the corner was empty the tank. Empty the tank in round eight. Okay, sometimes you got to tell them how to empty the tank. Yes. I mean, there's ways of emptying the tank. you got to be smart about emptying the tank. You don't want to empty it too soon, but at the same time, you want to get the job done. <laughs> Have you watched back any of that fight? 
Have I what? Have you watched any of it back? No, uh, I live in each round will go through my mind twice, so I don't have to watch it again. <laughs> and do you think there's um, there's a future for Anthony at light heavyweight kind yes. of world level? I think I think there is. Um, I think that uh, you know there's certain things that he just has to do, certain make certain adjustments that he has to make, and I think he'd be fine. And do you think he can make those I with Tunde? Um, I don't really know the, the trainer Tunde. I really don't know him, so I really can't say anything about him. You know what I mean? I don't know anything about him. Yeah. So I can't make any comment on that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, people hear people talk about him. Me myself, I can't. I can't make any assessment because I don't know the guy. And I, I, I interrupted you there when you were saying about you spoke to uh, Anthony after the fight. What words did you give him? I told him that he has everything it takes to be a world champion. Sometimes a loss can make you a better fighter. You know, and I told him, I said, you didn't lose to a bum, you lost to a world champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you just lost to an average Joe. You lost to a world champion in a competitive fight. So what is that to be ashamed of? Were you surprised how competitive it was? No. <laughs> you, I can see in y'all's face uh, that, you know, he was willing to land on the line because, you know, hey, like I say, you know, how many times you get a shot at World Championship? Yeah. Would he be somebody in the future? Would you ever look to work with someone like Yard, a kind of young and raw kind of yes. talent? Yes. So that'd be someone you'd happily take under your wing? Oh, without a doubt. Ah, okay, that's interesting. So, I mean, in terms of what what would you do with him if um, if you were his trainer, kind of back in the gym, what would be the main points you'd be working on? I wouldn't, the first month wouldn't be about training, it'd be about teaching. Okay. So where would you kind of focus the effort? Because one thing that stood out to me watching it was that he didn't work a jab at all. Um, and there was just, there was nothing in that range. If I, if I tell you my secret, then everybody's going to want to give it to him and then <laughs> I'll be out of a job. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be too easy for him. He needs to get on a plane and come over and see you. I mean, yeah, so, you know, I mean, listen, the, the talent is there. What they do with it is up to them. Yeah. So, I mean, looking forward now with Sergey. obviously you've got a massive fight coming up. How surprised were you when that Canelo fight landed? I wasn't surprised because I heard that Canelo thought that he feels that Sergey's washed up. So why not try to make history with the guy named that Kovalov? Who, you know, a lot of people think of finish. 
and, uh, you know, some challenge. And Canelo didn't have any challenges, and I respect him for that. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you know Ray Robinson did it. But the only thing is he ain't Ray Robinson. <laughs> I mean, Ray Robinson, he failed in his attempt. You know, he, he passed out from heat exhaustion, but Ray Robinson was the greatest to ever do it. So, you know, and Ray Robinson, I believe, weighed like 160 when he put Joey Maxwell, who was 175. <clears throat> so, and was one in the fight, so, you know, of course, he had the heat stroke. But, uh, like I say, uh, this is, he's not Ray Robinson, and Sergey's not Joey Maxwell. Do you think they've um, overestimated how much Sergey's lost? Over or underestimated? And then, do you think they think he's a more shot fighter than what he actually is? Yeah. Yeah. Which, do you think then that's going to affect Canelo on fight night? In a sense of... I don't think so. I don't think it's going to affect him because, you know, he's got a lot to prove. And once he sees that, hey... His old 56 Ford still got something left. What is he going to do then? And do you think... I mean, Canelo's a big man. Like, outside of the ring, he walks around probably about, what, 175, 180 anyway. Um, so right. do, you, do you think it's a bit of a... It's, it's misleading to call him a middleweight anyway. Like, he is practically up at that kind of light heavyweight size. No, because... Realistically, what fighter fights at their natural rate? <clears throat> Nobody. Yeah. The only fighter that I know of that always kept his weight around his fight rate was Floyd. Yep. You know, so no, most of these guys don't fight at their natural weight. I, mean, I believe that if they bring the weigh-ins back the day of the fight, they want to be, you know, eight-time world champions. Come on, give me a break, man. I mean, you're 160 pounds, and you're killing yourself to get down to 140 so you can win a title so I'm an eight-time world champion. No, because realistically, you're a bigger man fighting a smaller guy that, uh, you mean, that night. They actually beat him. So, um, I won 10 more titles. How is that possible? <laughs> How is it possible to win 10 more titles? Well, it's like the day of the fight, if the weigh-in is the day of the fight, then you see a whole lot of different guys say, oh, shit, I can't, I can't fight this stuff like I'm 47. I got to stay at 54, even though I'm weigh 50. Yeah, if you consider yourself a fighter, that's what champions do. If you win 50, so what you fight a guy that's 54? Amir Griffin, 147, and he drank water, and got on the scale and weighed 150, and Dick Tiger weighed 160, and Amir Griffiths won the middleweight championship of the world. Ten pound difference. So these guys today call themselves real fighters. Let the winner be the day of the fight. That's why I like the IBF rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. The additional uh, you know, way. I mean, so, yes. You know what I mean? I think every organ, matter of fact, I just think they said the winner's the day of the fight to cut the ball out. What size are you anticipating he'll come in at on fight night? Oh. Canelo. 
Will you tailor Kovalev's size and weight around kind of fighting a smaller man in Canelo rather than a, a bigger man in Yard? Uh, you know, uh, we're going to come in the way we're supposed to come in at. And, and as I said, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, listen, when the bell rings, I mean, it's just good for them, and then I'm up there. It's going to be the skills and the will that's going to win this fight, not the weight difference. What level do you see Canelo being at as a, as a fighter? I mean, obviously, he's. His CV's impressive, and I believe he became a better fighter after the Mayweather fight. Yes, you know I mean he can fight. I mean, listen, you're not, you can't take him, you can't sell him short at all. I mean, he's one of the best fighters out there today, in my eyes. Him and Terence Crawford. So it's not like you know, it's going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be a walk in the park for either side. Are you anticipating for Sergey it's going to be a, a hard kind of war of attrition? No, I just think that we get, we get, the, the key is we just got to use our brain. Is that um, potentially, because I mean, you've got two elite level boxers. Like, it can't be questioned that they're both kind of top. But to, to be reliant upon the brain, I mean, if Canelo, if it comes down to that, Canelo is a, a smart fighter. Do you think people underestimate Sergey's people underestimate Sergey's boxing like Yes. Because he's always knocked everybody out. So he never had to use it. And once you get used to knocking people out, you get away from what got you there. And that's what happened. And then when he was forced to use it, it was too late. You know what I mean? Not too late, let me rephrase that. When he was forced to to use it, it was too late in that fight at the time. Yeah. Because he hadn't he had been reminded of it. You know what I mean? So, okay, some guys can punch. Some guys who can punch have a boxing IQ. That's unbelievable. So if you match both, if you put both of them together, you can have a more dangerous fighter. Was there ever a risk? A lot of people don't Oh, no, sorry, go on. And a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, and so he could punch, yeah. I, I'm going to give you a perfect example. A young George Foreman could punch, right? Young George Foreman didn't think about nothing else but power. The older George Foreman came back <laughs> and fought smarter with the power, and look what happened. I mean? Yeah, no, I'm just... <laughs> that, that wisdom, nothing beats wisdom. Is there a risk with the fight that is a what? Is there a risk with the fight that it's almost no win for uh, Sergey? In that? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't believe that. I believe that there is a win for. But if he wins, then people may well say he's beaten a man who should never have been at the weight. Okay, but guess what? He's still got the double. Yeah, Not absolutely. <laughs> No, but it's still Canelo Alvarez, you understand? It's not like he was just fighting uh, a former champion coming up. Yeah. I mean, you fight one of the most elite guys out there today. I mean, 
And what makes it more interesting is that he's even saying nothing about the catch rate. That's why I respect him even more. So maybe he might say something. You know? But, you know, I mean, whatever he says, you know, it's okay, but we got to give him a different look on that November 2nd. Do you think um, where we've seen Canelo go up through the weights, when he's fought the top fighters of those weight divisions, the Danny Jacobs, the Gennady Golovkins, he hasn't um, had the power to to stop them. Are you reliant? We don't need it. We don't need the power. He, he outclassed them. Are you reliant? That... I'm sorry. Am I yeah. relying on with the power? Uh, no, and the fact that he won't have the power to be able to to kind of stop Sergey. Listen, if you, I don't care if you're a puncher or not. If you hit a guy in the right spot at the right time, you can knock him out. I mean, most of the guys that fought that fought Canelo, they got in survival mode. Once they seen they couldn't do anything with him, except Triple G, the only one did it. But the rest of them got in survival mode. They didn't get in the mode to try to win the fight. They just was like, let me survive. I mean, so <clears throat> we're not in survival mode. We're in winning mode. You know, Canelo has a way of coming out. He's going to these guys when Floyd did to him. Yeah. He comes out, gets their respect early, and keeps it. Mayweather came out, he got Canelo's respect early, because Canelo was young. He got his respect early, and he kept it. I mean, so Canelo's doing the same thing to these guys. He comes out the first two rounds, gets their respect, and that's it. And you've, you've said before that you don't watch footage of fighters um, or opponents. No. Um, presumably, no. you've followed a lot of Canelo's career anyway, so you'd be familiar with him? Yes. Yes. So, you know, listen, I believe one thing in the fight. You, gotta, you have to be prepared for any and everything. Because if you prepare for one thing, then that guy doesn't do that. Then what are you going to do then? It's too late. You can't call time out and say, hey, coach, let's go over the strategy again. It's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like football or basketball. You know, you can say, okay, listen, let's change the offense or change the defense. No. Now you got to make adjustments. So if you prepare for any and everything, you have the game. So are you going to be bringing in sparring partners then that are um... – I mean, it must be no. difficult to find one that can mimic Canelo. <clears throat> no, I don't believe in that either. So you won't try and do anything out of the ordinary? The school I come from is this. Work is work. If you get someone's giving you good work, you take it and you make the best of it. No matter... I mean, you're never going to get no one to ever emulate the guy that you're fighting. And then if the guy emulates the guy that you're fighting... He's out of character because that's not his style. Now, so when we get down, this is going to be the NBA Canelo. No, but you're not Canelo. Just make us work. Give us work. Make us think. <laughs> I mean, that's the school I came from, man. You know, the, today these guys, we better find the guy 5'9". I need a guy no, no taller than 5'9", no shorter than 5'8". Well, then you need to go on the 
on a tender, get it on the gaming servers and catch it on the hype bench and keep it don't make sense. It's stupid. That's my opinion. I mean, that's my opinion. It's stupid. So with with Sergey um, preparing for it, when will you get together with him to start the camp? Like, has it started already, or uh, will you spend a bit further oh, we time? Already. Okay, so you together every started, day. Just... Yes. Okay, so <laughs> in terms of kind of preparation for it, then has he moved over with you for this? Has he what? Has he moved over with you to the gym and uh, staying nearby with you? Not in Einstein. He's staying in Einstein. No, I'm, I'm like 30 minutes away. You know, I just need to, you know, that time by themselves. You know, I just see the trainer every day. So I don't live in the same house with them, and I know definitely they don't live in the same house with me. So we stay close enough in case we need each other. Before I mention, we don't aggravate each other. <laughs> Do you talk to him outside of boxing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like if we all like when we see the thing is like when we go eat or something, we don't talk about boxing. Okay. Because his English always comes over a bit. His English always comes over a bit broken, but uh, I wouldn't. No, no, no. He, you know, me. So, sometimes he has to you know, stop and hesitate. But you know, we know what subject we're on. I get an idea of what he's talking about. Oh, nice. So what kind of man is he outside of a boxing room? Because he always comes over. He's got the Crusher nickname. Um, he always comes over as being quite cold. Is that a, a fair reflection of the man? You know, me personally, as you know, I've heard so much about him. Me personally, he's a great guy. Now, I can't speak for him as he spends with other people. <clears throat> I want to speak for myself. Yeah. He's a great guy. I mean, he's got a sense of humor. I mean, and uh, so, you know, but, you know, you hear so much about him, but I've never seen that side of him. Even before I started training him, whenever I saw him, we would always joke with each other. Okay. And uh, one thing I wanted to touch on you, uh, with you, buddy, and I know it's, it's the dark side of boxing, The going back to the Maxim Dadashev fight, um, and how tragic the the outcome was of all of that. You received a lot of praise in the corner for your your uh, speech to him at the end of the round before you pulled him out. Um, and obviously the the outcome was was horrendous. But when you look back at it, do you think like everything that could have been done that night and all of the medical help and it was just a, a tragic accident that occurred. Well, I think that, you know, the stresses should have been there. He shouldn't have had to walk to the stress. I've never seen that in my life. Yeah. You know, they, you, know you stop the fight from a guy who's getting hit a lot, and you make him get out the ring and walk to the stretcher. Normally, they keep you in the ring, and they bring the stretcher right there, and lay you down on it, and take that. Wow. So they made him walk to it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Not once, not once during the fight did a doctor come over and check him. And so if it wasn't for I'm you... Gonna, I'm going to put it like this. I got a call 
the next day from a commission, a guy from the commission in, in Maryland. And he asked me, what did I see that they didn't see that made me stop the fight? And I hung up the phone on him. And that was a mistake on my part because I should have got his name. But I hung up the phone on him. That's the dumbest ass question you can ask anybody in a situation like that. Yep. Do you think the commission will learn anything from that? As in, I hope so. We think a lot of these commissions uh, look at Vegas, New York, California, New Jersey. Those commissions are still. You people get mad at they like, oh man, you know this commission, this. But you know what though? It's for the sake of the fighter. Yes, it took them a while to understand it because you know certain things probably happened, but now they got it. They got it under control. Yes, I've seen people, no lie, working for a commission. They might be acting, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. Some of just fans just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen. I've been in fights where a commission guy. Be in the dressing room talking to us and forget. He wrapped his hands and not once did he inspect it. I mean, not once did he say, let me see the tape. No. They're busy talking and we're wrapping the hands. They're busy talking to everybody else, laughing and joking. It's like, wow. So there's no inspection done at all? No. <laughs> and see, do you hope, I mean, for all the, the sadness and tragedy that came out of that, at least, hopefully, it might change the behavior of the uh, the commission. Okay, yes, yes. Unfortunately, you know, it took someone to, you know, to pass away from it, but you have, uh, I mean, if they, if they can't see that they're going to make changes, then there's something wrong with that whole picture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, it's, it's quite a, a broken-up system in America, isn't it, where each state has its own athletic commission, so there's no governance yeah. across the country of it. It's it's individuals. Right. Well, the sad part about that is if you have a government across the country, somebody's going to overdo somebody in favor. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So somebody's going to... Somebody's, there's always going to be a, a slip in the crack, but somebody's going to hear yeah, when you're in their favor, okay... And then next thing you know, you know somebody else in favor. And you know somebody else in favor. Before you know it, you're back to again. Would you, um, would you hesitate in taking a fighter back to that state again to fight? I'm, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let that stop me. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I just know that at this, in that point in time that i got to be more on point. More than you. Yeah. Take it into your own hands rather than allowing it. Yeah. Yeah, fair um, And then going on, I mean, back to the um, the Canelo fight. Obviously, it's not for you to make a prediction about, but how do you see Canelo handling a size difference he's never had before? Do you see him... Um, well, I mean, how how do you foresee that he's going to be able to do that? 
Uh, I've been smart. And I see Canelo trying to get the fight into later rounds. Do you think there's um, a chance that Canelo will draw inspiration from how Yard went late on rather than going early on um, and try and do the same thing himself? Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking everything. I guess I'm anticipating in and everything. <laughs> and so when he steps on the gas, we got to be able to step on our gas a little bit harder. And... I mean, will will you then have a, or is it a bigger focus on the the stamina side of things for Sergey? Or actually, is the stamina perfectly fine because past round eight there was no stamina problem for him? No, I mean I'm not worried about the stamina. That's that, that's not it. I just you know when Canelo decides to step on the gas and pick up the pace, you know, I mean if he goes to ten, we got to go to twelve. <laughs> and uh, I mean, finally on that on that fight. Um, how big do you think it will be in terms of like a, a moment in history for say the zone? Um, I mean, I know there, I know it's not really your your focus and priority, but for for that kind of streaming platform going against the grain of normal TV to have two fighters of that caliber and that profile, is, is it quite a privilege to be part of that? Oh, without a doubt. I mean. You know, that's a part of history, you know what I mean? So, you know, like, with the Terrell Gaddy, Mickey Ward trilogy, <clears throat> with the Tarver Roy Jones trilogy, I mean, it's something that can never, ever be taken away from you. It's like when you win, win your championship, there's something that can never, ever be taken away from you. Even if you lose your championship, you still was a champion at one point in your life. Yeah. Which brings us back to the Hall of Fame and yourself. And uh, yeah. <laughs> the induction. <laughs> um, look, buddy, I, I won't take up any more of your time, but thank you so much for speaking with us. Um, and yeah, no, look, I, I can't wait for this fight. It's such a an intriguing fight. There are so many, you know, possibilities that come out of it. Um, but I wish you and Sergey nothing but the best for it. Guys. No, thank you, right. Rachel. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thanks, Have a great day,